0: Welcome back to Saladcast, it's episode 12 um, for the season. Um, Only four days ago since we were doing a podcast, um, Shooty Town can move fast, or maybe not as fast as everyone hoped, Um, but we're back again, and um, welcome back on the podcast, Mike, how are you doing?
1: I am good, from the the depths of despair on the previous pod to the heights of elation after Mr Hurst coming back, so I'm in a good mood today, I'm going to be positive.
0: Cool, and um, Dan didn't want to join, maybe Dan didn't want to join the podcast last night because it was too gloomy for him, and Dan doesn't like being negative, he only, he's only, he only likes being positive. Welcome back on the podcast, Dan, here to talk about Paul Hurst returning.
2: Cheers, Oli, yeah, I was also in bed at four o'clock on Sunday, a bit of a lurgy here, I'm still not 100%, but certainly well enough to talk about the return of the Messiah.
3: And welcome back, Chris. Yeah, delighted to be here, Ollie. yeah, I'm as a- like everyone else, full of joy tonight, uh, lots of positivity from me. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep,
0: yeah, no, it should be good playing for us to get into. Um, we're going to, the podcast will start with um, a bit of a section from Alex and um, from Grimsby Town podcast. Um, really nice chap and um, was happy to come on and give us his insight um, into Paul Hurst. It's really funny. I went back and um, found out the last time I spoke to him, and that was when Paulhurst went back to them. So he's returning the favour. Um, you never know. Maybe I'll do it again for them in the future. Who knows? Um, So, yeah, let's jump into it. Times have changed.
2: That's Nolan. It's special
3: from John Nolan. Shrewsbury Town, the team who've stood tall amongst Giants in League One this season, are making their presence felt again. And their star man, John Nolan, has scored a beauty...
0: So, Alex, welcome on the podcast. Um, it's quite funny. I was looking back at our chat history, wasn't I? And I realised that I went on your podcast when Paul Hurst came back. We'll do it again next time. Don't worry. We'll, <laughs> we'll the diary
4: in a few um, years'
0: time. So, so, yeah, really great to chat to you, Alex. Um, so, this is Wednesday night. So, thanks very much for recording. Um, Paul Hurst signed, came back for us. It was announced um, nine hours and seven minutes ago. So, Shrewsbury Town fans in the main are on a crest of a wave. And I thought it'd be great to get you on, um, just to kind of give us a bit of a lowdown, because obviously Paul Hurst left us to go to Ipswich, he went to Scunthorpe, um, and then he came to you guys. Um, so maybe it'd be great to know a little bit of where were you, where was the club at the time? Um, and like, yeah, you know, obviously we know we actually quite enjoyed it. You beat Wrexham, which is fantastic, because we don't it's like Wrexham. Good,
4: it's not bad. So yeah,
0: so what was that kind of earlier period and like at the time in non-league under Paul Hurst?
4: Yeah I mean first and foremost I'm so delighted he's gone to a club that care about him. It's it's weird we've had him he's been our manager for nearly a decade on and off. So you know I'm quite emotionally attached to the guy. Um and um if there was an image when um the Doncaster game and we've got wonderful owners as well and it it just it was just sad it was just it it just isn't working. And you almost feel like if he come back at the end of the season it'll be absolutely fine. It's just that these players aren't clicking with him don't get him. I don't particularly like our players at the moment because of it. Um, and um, yeah, it's a shame. When he came back, we would uh, we were run by a god-awful owner who had taken us from the Championship down to National League, out and then basically back again. We were taken over by the charlatan, the liar and the absolute bullshitter that is Ian Holloway. Um, so if you ever hear him on TalkSport, you know, that's his level. Um, he's a terrible person. He you know lied through his teeth didn't do much and then Paul Hurst came in i think we can all agree i don't think there's a more hard working manager in paul hurst that there is in the in the football league and he came in we were knock rock bottom but we'd like lost to rock bottom dagenham and redbridge in the fa cup we were staring national league in the face we had nothing but mercenaries and idiots on the pitch and effectively he came in and he was like we've got no money all the perspectives, you know, we, he came in at about this time of the year. So look, literally, all I can do is just bring in old stalwarts. So we brought in, he brought in John Lewis, obviously. Um, he
0: brought, corner yeah. forward. His nickname in the fans is the corner forward because we used to always bring him on, um, and then you'd
4: try and defend the the ball up in the corner. <laughs> like five minutes. I love the guy. He's amazing. He's doing all right at York as well this season. It's brilliant. Um, we brought him in. We brought a guy called Giles Cokin who used to play at Sheffield Wednesday. I think he knew him through that, those ways as well. And he put a good fist of it up. You know, Paul Hurst teams keep it tight and don't necessarily, you know, you're not always going to get give a team a shellacking, but you're going to play the basics right. You're going to keep, as he would say, keep us shape. Um, and you're more than welcome to have the flag. Um, and, um, and keep it tight. And he did. And we drew a lot of games after that, but the writing was already on the wall. Uh, we were relegated a few weeks before ha- before the end of the season, and then we were taken over. the The owners were there, and I think he wouldn't have rejoined unless he knew those owners were taken over because he'd had it with the, with the, the former owner. And one of the reasons why he came to you is because a lot of town fans at the time when it happened, we'd just been promoted back into the league. You guys were struggling at the bottom of League One. We're like, that's not really much of a not much of a jump. But when you look at where the two clubs were, we were very close. You know theoretically league positions but miles apart in terms of infrastructure and where everything was going i'd like to think we're getting closer to that now uh but yeah. um when he came in yeah we were rock bottom he tried to do stuff he got us close uh, but i think the main problem was all of the teams that were around us he played him played us in within the first three or four weeks of him joining if that had been at the end of the season we'd have probably had a, a at least a shout of it um and then yeah we were relegated and then we think oh god and we we're old hands at the national league now, so we're like, all right, well, we know what's coming now, so let's you know, kiss the league cup goodbye for about eight years, and then we'll um, we'll give it a go at some point, and then yeah, it, it it came off perfectly.
0: Yeah. So in that season, just interested to know, so that season um, in in the national league um, when you went up through the playoffs. Um, what kind of like style of football did you play? What formation did you play? And any players that kind of stood out in that period?
4: Yeah, a lot of four three two one. Uh, James McAtee, who's currently at Barnsley, he was our. He
0: was. He's a Shrewsbury town. It's really funny. He's a Shrewsbury town player, and Is we it? let him go. We I, let him go. I, I, wonder, I wonder who knew him.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, he was probably our inspiration. We also had a young lad called Alex Hunt from Sheffield Wednesday, who's rejoined us and has not really refound that form. Uh, We had a couple of other guys. So we had Riley Towler, who's now at Portsmouth, um, and a couple of other guys. We started the season exceptionally well. Um, We didn't expect that. We expected, you know, slow start, build, you know, get in and around the playoffs, and then we can see what it is. We fully know what a shit show the National League is. And so we started, and we were top of the league. We were, you know, we beat Dover 6-0. We beat Wrexham 3-1. And, you know, we were flying. The problem Paul Hurst has... As a manager, is he's not very good at arresting a slide. When a club is in bad form, he's not actually really good at turning that. And there are a couple of reasons why we've
0: lost seven and eight. But um, yeah. <laughs> but he'll he'll change it. He did it before and... though. He did yeah. it last time he was here.
4: Yeah, but then I think we. Like, you know, in the season before when we got relegated, we went sort of 10 games without a win. We did the same after we were top of the league. We had, you know, lots of players on like six-month loan deals. So at the end of the year, they went back. And you then almost have to create a new squad. And so we kind of limped into the playoffs at the last... in the, We had the last game where we knew it was secure. Um, And then we had the toughest way of doing it. So when we played Notts County first, and that was the game I was really, really worried about. um, They were... 30 seconds away from winning then they pushed our player over in the box didn't get a penalty because it's national league um and it's national league referees i think he's in league one now uh, and um yeah then we won that in the last minute and then we played Wrexham, which was amazing it's the only reason why disney recommissioned the second series because they wanted <laughs> us back um and it ended with luke waterfall shouting fuck off uh, Paul Mullin. So I don't think you can have a Disney film that ends better than that, yeah. really. <laughs> and it's funny we'll do waterfall play for Shrewsby as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah. So
0: yeah, and Paul Mullins is um yeah, he seems a bit of a yeah. He's a bit of a, a he's there. a
4: bit of a no- I would love him if he was mine, but he's a knobhead. And he yeah you know, he, punch, he he punched the ball into the net. He bought a penalty, and you know he's just he's effective at what yeah, he does. He's a lower league found striker. Out, yeah, yeah. He found out in League One.
0: No, I think the league One's is Max. We we played yeah. Wrexham a few weeks ago. They didn't have all that. We should have beaten them. And um, they beat yeah, for, nil, yeah. fair enough. Um but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. So, okay, so so that season you went up. And what kind of and you said you played four at the back. Yeah, the we changed
4: a little bit. We had a bit of 4-3-3 as well into at times. Paul Hurst seems to keep, you know, he's he's a conservative with uh, with a small case C. So, he'll he would rather hold the point than than take the win in my opinion. Yeah. I always think League 2 would be his favourite league because in the National League, you've got to go for it. You've got to get 120 points or you're in the lottery of the playoffs. In yeah. you know, League Two, you can finish third on 70-odd points and go up. I always yeah. think that would fit in perfectly. But, um, yeah, we played a pretty good attack in football. Um, we did work off set pieces. At the end of the season, we found a bloke called Jordan Cropper who um, could throw the ball 75 yards. And we've all now become aficionados of long throws. And it wasn't loopy. It was flat. So it was really fast, really powerful, really flat. And in that playoff campaign, we were like, shit, he can do that really well. So he's just going to take every throw in, in their half. And that worked. We scored a couple in against Wrexham that way. And we scored the winner against Solihull Moors that way as well. So then we went up. Um, he was amazing. And I said in, we beat Gillingham at the start of the season. So let, I'll see if I can find where it was. But I was very aware. my my prediction for this year was that he w- we would lose him by the end of the season because there are a couple of things expectations were up we'd obviously you know last season we got to the FA cup quarter final which was amazing he was brilliant with it only paul Hurst is an incredible knockout manager as you guys know um he's got that sort of knack to him to do it um but expectation was up people ha- we we knew people knew we had money and we finished in our highest league position for 17 years in 11th due to him. And we started okay, but we were well beaten by Mansfield a couple of times. Who we were probably one of the better teams in League Two this season. And it just didn't, it just doesn't sit. We've got a couple of decent players, Camel Conte, Bristol Rovers are sniffing around him at the moment. Um He's a really good player. Danny Rose, I don't know if you've ever come across him, but is, you know, incredible player, bit of a shit house, wonderful striker. Love him if you've got him, hate him if you don't. Um, and then we've got a couple of people from Accretan, Stanley and stuff who, you know, put I don't know about you, Ollie, but when a Paul Hurst signing to me is when, when we sign them, the opposition player, the opposition fans are going, oh, you guys have got an absolute stalwart there. You've got an incredible guy. You've got, you know, you know, bones the community the club of this heart sort of thing. I don't know many Paul Hurst signings where you get the opposition fans going he's really shit. Like, Actually it's the other way around for us. Oh, so when we really? signed okay. John Nolan everyone thought he was said
0: he was rubbish when we signed, oh you should T- have T- asked, T- T- asked T- us we loved it yeah Ted was rubbish. Um so most of the players we were signing everyone was saying he was rubbish he was a little bit opposite for us um in that so John I think
4: if you'd have asked me I'd have said with John Nolan because obviously he played for us as well because this is a Paul Hurst thing. Um, I would have said, yeah, he's great. You know, he took a bit of time to bed in, but helped us win the playoffs in 2016. Toto sort of separated people um, and it got a bit heated and there was a racist element, I would say, at one point. And I felt uh, really heartbroken for him. He does have a mistake in him every now and then.
0: He does. He uh, does. But, but, but mostly... that's a League One player. Yeah, yeah exactly. League one players. exactly. I think, and that's funny you mentioned that. So like John Nolan, when he played for Shrewsbury, we had two really hard workers next to him. And then yeah. Toto, we had Matt Sadler, then I had the current um, Walsall manager, next to him, which I think was probably perfect. You
4: put, well. and, yeah, you put Rodman next to him. You're absolutely fine. Yeah. Someone else is going to cool. do the yards, and we would have someone like Craig Disley. He was in there instead.
0: Yeah, Craig Disley played Shrewsbury as well. Yeah, <laughs> so literally, we're just going to
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah get the band back. We maybe should
0: yeah. do one day a Grimsby, um, Shrewsbury Town, and best do eleven. A poke, and be the do a poker, do a poker hand, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be a decent team. Yeah, for uh, the same players.
4: So, what what kind of style were you playing this season then? So, when did he go? October time was it? Yeah, no, the end of January. So we lost to Doncaster. The writing had been on the wall, and to be perfectly honest, I blame the players. they okay. They're technically they're technically gifted. They drew five, five in notts County last week. You know, they've beaten decent teams this year. They've played some beautiful football, but mentally they're quite weak. They're completely the opposite of what I would say a, a Paul Hurst team is. Yeah. Paul Hurst, it was always about. Hard work, dedication, perseverance, Basics. and and the ta- and the talent will come. And if you've got one or two players that can, you know, be decent and and have that moment, then that's amazing. That's all you need. Um, I think he was trying to step it up a bit. I think he was trying to find a different way of playing. He talked about it at the start of the season that he wanted to play a more expressive type of football. And it just it just didn't come off. Um. The um. I think he didn't trust the defence, and I think there's a reason for that. David Artel's now taken over, and we've shipped 11 goals in two games. So we lost 6-1 to Warsaw, which is our, our heaviest home defeat since we lost to Liverpool in 19... 6-1 at home, that's bad. Yeah, 1946. Home. Yeah, our heaviest... I remember losing them well.
0: six, shipping six away at Chesterfield, but away yeah. from home, at least something
4: exactly and then 5-5 with Notts County so the the, I think Paul Hurst knew the knew what issues maybe this defense and maybe the midfield had and thought actually I need to still keep playing a little bit conservatively he didn't have all of his best players available to him at the beginning um it took a bit of time for people like Donovan Wilson and Rikil Pike to come into the squad for another shooty time player yeah of course yeah (laughs) and um it was, um, it just took a time for them to come in. We had some good games and we, we won, but we were asking there was you felt that little bit of heat starting to come on to Paul Hurst, and I'm, I'm seeing it with your fans as well. They're not split down the middle, I would say it's a 70 30 split as it was at Grimsby, where you've got most people go, Look, this guy will get us somewhere, he'll be great, he's going to be good for the club, he's going to be honest for the club, and then there's the other 30 that go. Look, football was pretty boring, he didn't actually do this, he didn't actually do that, and um there's no middle ground with a lot of people i don't know if it's the same with you but a town you know those detractors were quite vocal and they got louder and louder and um at some point you go, actually you've got you but you're going so crazy now you're getting you the point is there but you've gone off into lunacy world where you're going you know he's doing it on purpose or something but um it was it was just sad and there's an image Jason Stockwood, who's our owner, who's a lovely guy, said, look, we, we, me and Andrew, who's his co-owner, decided before the game, if it hadn't happened, if we didn't beat Doncaster, we would go and do it. He told him at the end of the match, and there's this image of him and Craig Doy going to the car on his own. Like, Yeah, I think I saw that.
0: I don't I know it's semi-viral in the football world. Yeah, it's just Twitter. so
4: sad. But he still yeah. stopped to give kids, like, take photos with people and he did a wonderful he wrote something in the LMA about Grimsby like saying he'll always be a Grimsby fan he's got the club at the his heart and stuff and it it does feel a little bit like he's going to be Alan Buckley and i expect in 6 years time he's going to be one <laughs> last one last go and craig disley will be rolled out of his um you know retirement home to, to sit in the middle um, but um yeah i'm i'm delighted he's come to you guys i really am because i don't think there's a better home for him
0: no we we, we i think he'll be he he seems quite happy to be back um, shrewsbury town fans in the main are happy um, he's come back with us as well um so yeah really thanks for joining us on the podcast i really appreciate your time and um yeah hopefully we can win some games and you'll see a smiling paul hurst um it's interesting a at, term at shrewsbury town just one final thing but shrewsbury town he's famous for his gilet so paul oh, hurst okay. and his gilet was it's like a I've, I've actually got a paul hurst gilet somewhere i was like i can't find it i need to try and find it out but so, was there anything that he's
4: kind of famous for, like a silly well, way? I well, was, I was saying for you, it was um, keep us shape. Yeah, so he's I don't really remember thic- that. Yeah. He's got his thick Yorkshire accent and he always says us instead of, you know, I or whatever yeah. or we. So keep us, sh- he always talked about keeping shape and the, the team being result and, and keep us shape was his mantra. I mean, I've even got it on my, I've got a little sticker on my, I can't I can't work on my little um, light shade that says keep us shape <laughs> on there. <laughs>
3: and we've got
4: we've got a massive eight by a ten by five flag that says it people hate that flag they think it's cursed you guys are welcome to have it um (laughs) and and, um because we were trying to get it to we were trying to get it to him when he left so we 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 sort of reached to the lma and said look we'd love him to have this because i'm not keeping it in my house it's like 30 square foot but it was that yeah keep us shape and being a little bit dour at times, but he seemed to enjoy himself a little bit more when he came back. There was a little bit less pressure, less of a dickhead owner, I think helped. Yeah. Um, And um, yeah, it was nice, but you could feel the frustration at the end. And I think he'll always think of it as an unfinished opportunity. And I, I do look at the players and I'm not enjoying this season as a result, Like I just think you, you didn't, when, when you were asked to, you know, Stand up and represent the manager, you all because players love playing for him. That you, you, yeah, so yeah, cool, you, you love playing for him. You just didn't, you just didn't turn up. And that's, I think, that's on them. And a lot of the players we've got now, and that you know, in the end, ultimately, that's Paul Hurst's problem as well. He helped bring those players yeah. in. I think you, me and you were talking about how will he do with the director of football and stuff like that. Um, he is at our place, it was a bit more like he was in charge. Of the, Jason Stockwood was like, "Paul deals with the football stuff because we're businessmen. We have no idea." Um, then the poor recruitment guy who helps him is getting loads of digs at the moment. He's like, "Will you help pick this?" And now you're helping us pick the new manager. I don't think we need that. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it's it's going to be interesting. But I'm, I think there's going to be a fair few Grimsby fans that will um, take an interest in Shrewsbury from now on. Brilliant. Thanks very much for your time, Alex. And um, yeah, really maybe we'll do we'll
0: return the favour in the future.
4: Yeah, you'll have to do it. We'll see you in
0: 3 yeah. years. Cheers mate. <laughs> Thank you.
3: Yeah.
4: Train turn and what you got in front of me maybe day. Lovely
0: So as we heard, Grimsby fans love Paul Hurst just as much as we do. Um, and it's been quite nice, actually, quite a few Grimsby fans have been like, liking tweets and, and getting involved in the conversation. So it's, you know, it's clear to see he's a, a big favourite there as well. Uh, but he's our manager again now, our head coach, I'll say. It's the first time Paul Hurst is the head coach. Um, and it was, Chris, possibly the worst kept secret um, that Paul Hurst was coming back um lots of rumors lots of sources um telling us what was going on but yeah took a bit longer than we thought there was a little bit of a um maybe a delay or i don't know a bit of a false dawn maybe but yeah it we came out in the end at midday on on Wednesday
3: yeah, his name's been everywhere for, for well, not just days, but weeks, hasn't it? I think there's been a sense that ever since he left Grimsby, uh, that probably ratcheted up the pressure on Matt Taylor, because it's like the, it was an unwritten secret among Shrewsbury fans that Roland Witchley wants Paul Hurst back. And so I think we were all expecting it was a possibility. And uh, yeah, obviously, once Taylor went, it was a case of, you know, surely it's going to be Paul Hurst. and. Yeah, I suppose there was, we thought on Monday it was done and then it took till Wednesday. But actually, when you sack a manager on a Sunday and he appointed his replacement by the following Wednesday, that's pretty quick, really. You know, I don't think we can complain about that. It's uh, given us the best chance of uh, carrying on, I suppose. We've still got a week of the transfer window to try and do some business. So if you're going to change your manager in January, I think we've done it about as swiftly as it can be done.
0: As swiftly as it can be done not the best time to change your manager. I'm sure there'll be lots of people saying, like, maybe it should have been done earlier, but let's look ahead now. Um, And and talk talk of looking ahead, um, I did want to just kind of mention this quote from Moore, and he said, once that was agreed, I presented a short list of names to the chairman following the same procedure as as when we appointed Matt. I recommended Paul Hurst that would be a standout candidate, and the chairman agreed. Mike, what was your thoughts when you read that, so when you saw that sentence, a few sentences?
1: Uh, yeah, I raised an eyebrow a little. Um, first of all, I don't think Paul Hurst has managed in the Irish League. I'm going to keep hammering this joke, by the way. So I don't know how Mickey Moore knows about him. But um, no, I, I, you would assume it was Roland witchley's idea because Roland witchley's worked with him before and and... Um, yeah, maybe a little bit of trying to sort of you know be part of the gang. Yeah, it was my idea. You know, we're all working together and trying to trying to show a united front. But um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Roland, which is aware of Paul Hurst and his availability when he was sacking his manager.
0: Well, you made quite a, a, a nice observation, Chris, before we started.
3: Yes, uh, the press conference to unveil Paul Hurst, uh, which took place on Wednesday afternoon, that had on the top table Paul Hurst and Mickey Moore presenting very much a united front. The missing person there, of course, was the chairman, Roland Whitchley. And usually when we unveil a new manager, Roland Witchley's there. When Taylor was unveiled back in June, Whitchley was very much there on the top table. I remember in my days as a sports reporter covering a couple of unveilings at Shrewsbury. I remember Graham Turner's and certainly the chairman was there for that one. And everyone I've ever seen or heard, frankly, the chairman is there. So it was interesting. He wasn't. I would guess, I don't know, but I would guess that was simply a case of, trying to make sure that it look from a, a perception point of view that it looks like Mickey Moore is very much uh, you know the director of football and this was his decision and maybe the chairman just distancing himself from it a little bit and allowing Mickey Moore to be uh, the face of the board I suppose for that presentation and you can understand that you can if Mickey Moore's staying as director of football then he, he needs to be uh, seen in that position and he needs to be seen to have his authority still so yeah it's a uh, it's it's interesting. I thought I thought because I, you know I think we all know Roland Whichley wanted Paul Hurst back. So you'd, I was expecting him to be there and being quite joyous about it. So, uh, un, managerial unveilings are usually one of the rare opportunities to get some quotes from the chairman because he famously doesn't like doing media, but he tends to speak at these events. So yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a slight surprise to me that he wasn't there, but you know, no big deal in the big scheme of things.
0: And what was your kind of immediate re- reaction, Dan, when it when it when it came out?
2: It was a mixture of surprise and relief. Um, and, and surprise, I mean, as the guys have said, surprise was, it's probably not the right word because he had been a name that had been mentioned many times by many people, but also you never quite know if if, if it's all Chinese whispers, do you? And and you're never 100% sure until it actually happens because there could always be something that gets in the way. So, so it was a mixture of those two things. Um, I, I couldn't help but think beforehand that it looks to me like a situation where plenty of people win. Um, Roland Witcherly wins because he, he does know the product he's getting and the fans generally are positive towards but well, there are still some who aren't but um, you know generally positive towards Paul Hurst so that's a win for the chairman he looks like he's doing what the, the 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 fans want Paul Hurst I'm not surprised he's keen because as he himself said probably not that many league 1 clubs you know queuing up to give him a job at the moment we're one of the very few I'd have thought and with with good reason because he did so well for us last time round so I was pleased that all the things i thought were logical and might come together for once did come together so yeah i, I was pretty pleased and what was your thoughts mike
1: absolutely loving it yeah just a bit i'd say it, it even saved me uh, you know some petrol money going and picking him up you know he made his own way to the stadiums so that was good news but um i i it felt for me that there wasn't really anybody else in the running for it either i don't really think when you look at what we needed you look at what paulhurst brings like dan says we know what he's all about. He's he's sort of taken us over in dire straits before. He's done the job before. He's although he's not had a stellar CV since he left, he's effective in in sort of you know galvanizing teams and getting them playing above above their ability. Um just just wish we'd done it three weeks ago. That's the only real sort of blot in the copy book. Is we could have got this done uh, a while ago and given him a better, better run at the, the window. I was listening to his his comments from the presses yesterday, and you can tell he's a bit frustrated not to have any more time in, in the window. He's, um, you know, I think he, he realizes that he needs to do some business, but I don't think he's going to get that much of a chance. So I'm sure we'll get to that later, what we think he'll do with transfers. But yeah, initial reactions absolutely buzzing. Uh, my, my my well, Glyn gave uh, us an old gilet that Rory, his son Rory had. So my son will be wearing that at Northampton. In fact, just to say, my initial reaction was to go on the Supertown website and buy tickets for Northampton for me and, and my kids and my niece and nephew. We're all tromping over there on Saturday. And it's the first time I felt enthusiastic about football with the town, especially going away in a very long time. So I'm immediately galvanised. And I hope I think that's reflecting most of the fan base as well. Everybody seems excited. The away-ins going to be buzzing on Saturday, isn't it? So um, it's a feel-good factor that we've missed a lot, I think, since uh, Matt Taylor took over probably as well.
2: Yeah, I I agree with the point about it would have been great if it was a couple of weeks earlier. I I do buy into that. Although I'm a little wary of... You know, assumptions often the mother of all cock-ups, right? I'm a little wary of assuming that it was hesitancy about whether Taylor was the right man that caused the delay. I think there may well have been quite a bit of conviction two weeks ago after after Cheltenham away or Burton away that he had to go. But I think there was more of a feeling we we got to get the the the, the replacement nailed down, and maybe uh, it took longer to nail Hurst down than, than we might have thought. I don't know that, but I suspect under the surface, you know, like a Swan, right? You know. Sanguine above, no one knows what's going on, but below the surface, the feet are really going. So, so, so maybe there was a few, a few fiddly things below that, that caused the delay. So, um, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I would like it to have been earlier, but um, I'm not surprised that there's fiddly stuff that needs to be sorted. Well,
0: interesting. We don't know the length of the contract. It's normally that normally does get announced, isn't it, in the in the in the in the initial statement. So I think it's quite interesting that hasn't come out. Maybe he's got a ten-year contract, um, and Roland Winchey doesn't want to announce that yet. Um, that, uh, that's is, too
1: short for me. I, Twenty, years <laughs> old, I think. Yeah,
0: and it is funny, isn't it? There's like, I'm. I think we all. I think it's all fair to say we've all said we all kind of shed our poor points. We're all really happy about Paul Hurst coming back. I think we probably all agree he's the right man for the moment as well. We need someone who's got that experience, is going to go into the dressing room He demand and get respect from the from the players. Um, So that's going to be good as well. He doesn't suffer fools from the member, the Ivan Tony. Do you want to be here? And he got rid of him Um and, you know, he turned things around. So I think he's a, he's a man for the moment. Um And then in terms of Northampton, I brought my tickets um, a few minutes ago. So, yeah, Mike's going, I'm going, Chris is going. Are you going, Dan?
2: I don't even go there. Don't even go there. I mean, obviously, this is not far from where I live, but I'm not going to bore you with the reasons why I can't go. But I I arranged, rearranged one of my Vets League games for this weekend because I thought it's not happening and and all the rest of it. So I I can't back out of that now. So um, so I won't be there, and I'm not happy about it.
0: I'll have to take a big selfie. Let's um, take a big oh, selfie yeah, yeah. and um and and um yeah. Send you send the pictures because yeah. It, be just, this gives well. another
2: guarantee that we are going to get a result on Saturday. Now and that because, away like,
0: end is going to be absolutely buzzing. Uh, yeah.
2: Paul Hurst by my arm
0: is going to be singing out before um before probably before the team comes out. To be honest, um, I, ask, to be I like the that It's
2: Northampton. What, what I was chatting to the, the, the Thomas Twins, who, who many people listening to this pod will know, long-standing Time fans, and, and one of them made the point that it was at Northampton where I think many of us thought we, we're not going to go up direct because a go-go got sent off. I don't know if you remember. And that's where I thought ah, this is, this is not quite happening. So it feels right that the band gets back together at Northampton to start moving forward again. And I'm not talking about, you know, we're, we're all going to go up next season. I'm not really interested in that. I'm much more interested in the season before and, and, and you know what Paul Hurst did then, but there, there is something about a way at Northampton that I quite like as a
3: first game. I'll come down to Ascot if you want, Dan and give you a bit of a kick in the leg, a little injury, rule you out of your match.
2: Let's talk offline, Chris. Let's talk offline. <laughs> so,
0: um, yeah, it's interesting. There are apparently, um, particularly on Facebook, um, where people are not so happy. Um, but, yeah, just don't go on Facebook and don't listen to people on Facebook is my my, my advice to that. Um, so, yeah, um, in terms of Chris helped with the agenda, so I've called them Chris Agenda Points. Um, so, yeah, so I think received by the fan base, I think most people are happy. There's some people that don't know the way he left. Paul Hurst did address that, didn't he, Chris?
3: Yeah, I think it was important he did that because there is a, a sizable contingent of supporters who felt frustration for what happened in 2018. And obviously, when when there was talk of him coming back in November 2018, after Askey had been sacked and by which time Hurst had already been sacked by Ipswich and... He kind of his name was floated even then, wasn't he? He'd only been gone a few months. And Brian Caldwell went on the radio and very, uh, very strongly stated that he wouldn't welcome Paul Hurst back. Trust was broken. He talked about Paul Hurst clearing his desk. I think his wife had put something about that on social media as well. And uh, those stories have become legend, I suppose. And even now there's a, a sizable number of town fans who feel that Paul Hurst is some kind of snake who abandoned us, didn't wasn't fully focused on the job in the run-in. Interestingly, for a man who wasn't fully focused, you know, he got us to a playoff final, by the way. So I that th- I felt the focus was there myself. But I understand people's frustration with these things. Uh and I thought it was important that Hurst did address that. And I thought he spoke well, you know, he he spoke of some regret in terms of uh, maybe things could have been done differently. But he also spoke very clearly that uh, there were stories out there that weren't necessarily true. And let's be honest, none of us will ever know the clear version. That's the first time Paul has given anything on his side of the story. We'd only ever heard one side before. The two aren't. The two obviously don't uh, match. We will never know which exactly which is true, but I certainly don't feel the need to get worked up about something like that. You know, Paul Hurst left to go to a championship football club, a much bigger club than us, and I don't think um, allegedly for money three or four times what we were paying him. Who doesn't leave for a new job under all of those terms? So to me, it was uh, it, it was not the big deal. It's been made out by many, and I'm glad he tried to address it. And hopefully that, you'll never please everyone, but maybe there's a few people who were uneasy who've listened to that. And hopefully, thought maybe that they can give him a chance, and I certainly think he deserves that.
0: And I think that the you know winning football fans are happy when they're winning and scoring goals, um, and if he gets us winning some games and scoring some goals, um, that will certainly help um, turn turn those fans around. Dan,
2: yeah, I, I agree with Chris there. I got, I've got some, some some good friends who know football who are very sceptical about Paul Hurst returning, and I respect them as individuals and as football fans. But I haven't got a clue what they're going on about, um, and and that's fine. You know, people have differences. Sensible people can disagree about things. Um, but for me, I, I really do think it's important to remember that this point about him leaving I mean, the, the, the playoff semi-finals were phenomenal games from our perspective. We went to Charlton, played really well. Scored. No one scores a super goal. We, we we then beat them at home. Top performance worth remembering, Ollie Right. The two previous times we got to play our finals, we'd come back in the second leg and won when many of us thought we weren't going to win. I had that in reverse. I thought this is going to happen. We're, we're going to get in a position, Charlton, they're going to rumble us. But but they didn't. And the final, you know, we didn't play well. We scored a phenomenal free kick. One of the best free kicks I reckon's ever been scored at Wembley. And people forget this. Um, we just didn't come through. And yet, somehow or other, Paul Hurst was a snake. I, I just don't buy it. Chris, Chris is far too logical to deal with people on Facebook. I wouldn't go there, Chris. You're just going to get in all sorts of mess because you know sensible human beings. I'd have thought would be thinking right. He did all right last time. We ain't got many options here. Let's give him another go. And and I, you know, I think that's in the end where I hope everybody in that away end on 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 Saturday is because if you're
3: not, then what you're doing there. And, you know, he yes, we did lose that playoff final, like you say, Dan, and we didn't play brilliantly, but it was, our, football, it, it? it was our fifth appearance at Wembley and it was the first time we'd at least taken it to extra time. We got closer. You know, that's that's the closest we've got at Wembley. You know, at 90 minutes, we were still in it. 61st so, uh, game of the
2: season it was, Chris. 61st. Yeah.
3: And it was baking hot. Do you remember? I mean, my yeah. life, that was not a day for playing football.
1: Hmm.
3: Um, in defence of the, the cranks and the crackpots of Facebook,
1: um, football is a game of emotion, isn't it? Football is a game of of passion of love um and for a guy to deliver what would be for for some town fans the the, the best season in their memory in their living memory and for some fans up there with some of the, the great stuff of the you know the 70s and early 90s you know it is difficult for a guy to deliver that and then just walk away and and you know if you're a town fan you would never want to manage another club but he's not a town fan he's not from Shrewsbury. he's not he's, he's a football man trying to make his career in the in the game go up through the, the leagues you know and and you know form a former european cup team come knocking on the door and offer you five times your salary you're probably going to go i do get why people were passionately upset about it at the time and the, you know all the snake conversation stuff i never really went with it myself but i get it the thing for me is so much time has passed now we've had multiple different managers he's had multiple different clubs we're all in a completely different place now. Um, if anybody's still hung up on it, I hope that they've never had a girlfriend leave them because they're probably still hung up on that from secondary school. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know, you know hindsight's a wonderful thing and all that, but time's moved on. Getting that away on Saturday and cheer it to the rafters. It, you know, like you say, I would hope that nobody still harbours a bit of a, an axe to grind against Paul Hurst is there on Saturday because what's, like Dan says, what is the point? You know, take that energy somewhere else, mate. That's what I think. Yeah.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, and in terms of looking forward, it's going to be interesting to see how he does work um, with um, with with Moore. Um, we talked about, um, you know, Director of Football. There were some questions about whether Moore would stay or not. He is staying. Um, Paul Hurst said it's the first time he'll be working with Director of Football. Um, but from conversations I had, all I can say is that I'm hearing because... Well, sorry, I'll stop again. So Paul Hurst said, yeah, it's the first time working with Director of Football. Um you know, he says it sounds like an extra help more than anything else. So why wouldn't that be a bad thing? Um, I think I think fair to su- assume we can only assume that Mickey Moore's had uh, his wings clipped a little bit. Um, Paul Hurst, you know, when he was here before, he was an old school manager. You know, he had the head of recruitment that we had, and he was very much involved in recruitment. Um, there was comments in the press conference that Mickey Moore and Paul Hurst would see each other at games all the time. Paul Hurst likes to scout players as well, um, so it'd be interesting to see how these how these two work together going forward.
3: Yeah, the press conference was interesting, wasn't it? Uh it was the one time Mickey Moore sounded almost a bit frustrated on what I've read of his answers and what I've heard. There was a there was a question he was asked about how recruitment will work, and he said, No, he, he was he kind of snapped back and said, I've explained this many times now. And he then basically went on to explain how the other uh, process is, is just the same, in that he will lead the recruitment, he'll work with Paul, and Paul will have his say. And if you know he was trying to present it almost as we carry on as we have been. And yet, as the press conference went on and they spoke about it more, I did get the impression that, you know, Paul's going to be putting players forward for recommendation uh, much more than maybe Matt Taylor was able to. I think he'll have a lot stronger say on who's brought in. And it just came across to me that maybe Paul Hurst has got more control than his predecessor had. That's not surprising. We've brought in a more experienced manager this time. I don't think he would come in as, as uh, and just be completely dictated to. I don't think he'd be here if those were if those were the terms of the job. So, if, if Mickey Moore is genuinely going to assist him and work with him on it, then that's okay. So, but it will be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out and and whether the, the united front they presented on Wednesday at the press conference continues, because uh, that's going to be obviously an important relationship. Because recruitment's one of the most important things that uh, a management team can do. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you must remember that Paul Hurst only signs about twelve players everywhere he goes, he always just signs the same ones. So we missed that on Luke Waterfall today, sadly. But you know, Toto's still without a club and if he you know, signs he's Henderson
2: Anderson, Godfrey and Morris, I'm all over it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice. them ones back. But yeah, in, in the last few years, he's had a bit of a you know, he's always gone back to the well. I was listening to the, the Radio Shropshire thing from last night and there was talk about Abba, Issa coming back and stuff. So it, it might there might be a little bit of a, you know. Getting the band back together vibe to it, but I hope we do sort of you know spread our wings a little bit. and Mickey Moore can make maybe bring in some people he's not aware of, and and, and Paulus can read that contact book and maybe it just stretches the pool a little bit. You never know, but yeah, where's I think, the shop these think, days? Yeah, that's a, that's the first question. He's at York.
3: Get. He's playing National League for York. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear Sean Woolley? I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in some sort of coaching role yeah, at some yeah. point. First he, he team coach Poohers. by next year. He loves Shrewsbury Town. You know, he gets, my mum be desperately happy if we've got Sean Wally back. But, um,
3: yeah, so be, would I be. be nice we'll a do a pod on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, it would be interesting to see how he operates. We'll probably get onto that in a minute. We'll be we, about our, what he might do in the market that he's got left. But um, yeah, yeah, it's an in-
0: interesting time. A few interesting things bubbling around. I can't remember what I can say, what I can't say on this now. But in terms of um, signing players... Maybe, Chris, I'll lean on you. You can probably remember what is what is official and unofficial and where we stand on this one.
3: So at the press conference, the way he spoke, he he, he spoke about systems in terms of wanting to be flexible. And he, he spoke about not wanting to be predictable and being able to mix things up a bit. But it was put to him that he usually plays with a flat back four and he didn't hide away from that. I saw him on the club interview and with the media as well going, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. So it, it feels to me like... That's something he probably wants to do and will look to do. That's the that's a vibe I got from what he said yesterday. Whether it will happen at Northampton, it depends on who, I suppose, what he's made of the squad over there today and uh, tomorrow in training and who could slot into these different positions. But it wouldn't surprise me if over the next week he is looking to recruit Maybe players in positions that we wouldn't have done if matt taylor was still here it wouldn't surprise me to see him looking to bring in a fullback or looking to bring in uh, more creativity into the side as well rather than just focusing on strikers because i think he may be the impression i got is he sees things differently he did talk about why needing to be a creative side and needing to find ways to score goals so i think maybe he might look at our squad and think that we haven't got the players to do that for him right now so but he's got seven days, it's not a lot of time, he's not going to go out and sign six players, is he? Or if he does, you know, you'd worry about the quality we could get, because it'll be a case of, you know, anybody who can walk. So, but he did also talk about getting two, three, or even four players. So he's, he's not messing about, he looks like he does want to, uh to add to the squad between now and next Thursday. And, you know, a lot, We've, we've had deadline days in recent years where we've signed three or four players on deadline day alone. So it's not impossible, is it? it? It wouldn't surprise me at all if we ended up with at least two or three new faces by the time the window closes.
0: Hopefully we can sign a few players. It'll be really interesting um, what formation you play. Ed Grimsby, and he did play the back three, um, so he's been quite flexible. Um, it would be really interesting to see what he goes with straight away. Does he come in with what, one day's training? I guess he was training to, well, probably two days training, uh, but you won't be able to do a lot of work with him um to change the formation. However, we are talking about season pros in League One. So we're not talking about, you know, um, amateurs. Um, you know, they are season pros. Um like-
1: and you've got to think there might be season pros who might have fancied a change in system as well. They might be up for trying something different if he can if he can come in and you know maybe take the take the temperature of the room a little bit and see what the, what the team are comfortable doing. Because you got a little bit of a feeling sometimes that the the guys in our team at the moment weren't really happy with what they're asked to be done by Taylor. So there might be flexibility in the squad and a little bit more enthusiasm for something different. So it'll be fascinating to see what what rolls out at, at um, Northampton. Part of the reason to go is just to see what exactly he pulls together for his first game.
0: And I think that's probably why um, there was no um, press today. Nothing's been come out so far. Um, I imagine there was a you know it's a serious day today. First time the manager and Chris Doig, who we haven't spoken about yet um, at the training ground. Um, yeah. And I think it'd be good as well. You know, we've are going to we've got two good football men back in the football club.
3: Yeah. Ollie, Ollie Westbury on X today did share that there was no press conference and he was clear on the reasons for that. He made it very clear that there was uh, no press conference because uh, Hurst had spent, he, did, he deliberately did all his interviews yesterday. He sat in front of the media for two or three hours doing all of that. But the, 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 the quid pro quo for that, if you like, was he's now got two days of solid work with his squad. And it's noticeable, notable today, not only was there no press conference, we didn't get the usual training pictures you get with a new manager once they're in place and that kind of thing. And I think it was very much a case of he wanted two days locked away with his squad without distraction. And, you know, fair enough. And if it delivers us hopefully a result on Saturday, that's fine by me. I can live without a picture of, you know, Chris Doig and, and Paul Hurst if we get a win on Saturday a
0: man a man or a head coach or a leader who sets the sets the rules sets the way things are going to go um and yeah i think that's that's hopefully refreshing um and yeah it's gonna be fascinating to see how we set up um i got the sense that he was talking about goals and some of the things he's been saying that it's not just about strikers um so for me that's music to my ears the thought that you can just sign some strikers um, um i think mike said about signing harland you know we can you know just throwing in strikers into our team isn't gonna isn't gonna fix this um it's a structural issue um so it's gonna be on radio Shropshire Shropshire yesterday do. ollie he was it you on radio structure yeah always always on media you are um Hello. in terms of um figuring yeah what he's gonna figure Everywhere out and ollie. do with his team so it'll be interesting to see what you can do um so what's everyone's expectations on saturday um i'm just hoping for good performance um a, a win would obviously be, would be fantastic. A couple of goals, everything you know, win, goals, and a, a few chance of Paul burst, Paul has Barmiani.
1: Yeah, I think I think the town fans, you know, going back to the reaction on, on online and what you hear from people, everybody's like really excited. I've got I've had people that haven't been to the match for a few years saying they're they're going to get down the next home game. Like I say, my brother in law put put a, put a message on saying he's going to get half season ticket. He's interested, and so I think that away end will be bouncing, and I, I hope. That the, the you know, Paulis can feel the enthusiasm. The players can feed off that noise and that excitement and play with the handbrake off a bit. Try and put in a performance where they where they play some football. Like it's a huge turnaround from what we were doing a week ago, and they weren't trained it on the pitch. But I like to think that they can buy into this sort of new engagement. And it's an old cliche that new manager bounce would be nice. I'd love I'd love just to see uh, an engaged, enthusiastic performance and a one no win, something like that. I don't think we're going to blow the doors off. I don't think we're going to you know play champagne football, but. I should see something something resembling a team that sort of bought into it a bit and and realised they can play a bit more. That's that's what I'm hoping for on Saturday. Um, yeah, Chris, what about you, mate? You, you, you're you, more sceptical. You've got your hand on your face there, like you don't believe me, yeah.
3: No, I was listening intently, Mike. That's all concentrating and hanging on your every word. I think it's going to be a tough game. So I think there's a couple of things. I think we have to manage expectations. He's had two days to work with these players. I don't think we can expect miracles. You know, when Steve Cottrell came in, I remember his first game was in the FA Cup against a non-league team. And, you know, people were thinking, new manager, we're going to blow them away. And actually, it turned out to be a pretty tough game. And it took him time for it for him to impose himself on that squad. And Paul Hurst, when he came first time around, I think he started with a draw and a win. But then we had a couple of defeats as well. You know, it, do- it doesn't happen overnight. So I think we have to manage expectations from that side of thing. And the other thing is Northampton. They're a good side at the moment. They're on form. They're right. I think they've moved into the top half now. They won at Charlton in midweek. And they, which is a little advantage, though, easy. doesn't it?
0: It does. It's a slight lever that they played in the week.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll take that. So let's hope that let's hope they're tired and jaded, and we can capitalise on that. But I suppose if you offered me a draw right now, I'd probably take that. You know, we, we've been pretty poor away from home this season. So a draw and a goal, you know, improve our tally from four to five that would be uh, that would be nice because we've got those four away goals and it's almost february so we've been a pretty awful away from home so just just a sign that maybe things are changing and like mike said the thing i'm most excited about is just the build up to the game you know the, it, it, once the game kicks off if we play well then great but it it's it's i think the buzz before the game when when hurst comes out i'm sure the reception's going to be good and the paul hurst barmy army chants and all of that and you know, if I'm honest, I probably wouldn't have been going to this game if, if, if we hadn't just brought Paul Hurst back. And I think that that's the true true for some of us on this pod. And I think it's true for, from what I've seen for social media, for dozens, maybe hundreds of fans. It's going to be a much bigger away following than we would have had for this game otherwise. And hopefully the players will buy into that as well. They'll see the excitement from the fan base and hopefully feed off that energy. So I'm just looking forward to it. I, can't, I, I hope it lives up to the expectation. But it's nice to be looking forward to going to an away game rather than saying, off thinking oh god here we go i'm just going to watch us get stuffed again so yeah bring it on and fingers crossed what about you dad I, I think
0: it's fair to say there would be two or three times as many shooter town fans there probably would have been a solid 400 if matt taylor was in charge it probably would have been maybe 300 in terms of people going because well you know why would you go um yeah i had a i created a huge strategy document to get negotiations to go to the game um so i'm going to I'll go and traveling and work. I was traveling work with this week, traveling work with next week, and the week after. Um, so yeah, I've done quite well to get out of this. So thanks, to my wife, who doesn't listen to the podcast, so she won't hear this. Um, so yeah,
2: um, I bet you, Danny, bet you've gutted you gutted you're not going. Oh, I do. I'm annoyed more than more than gutted, but yeah, I mean, and Northampton, I say Northampton really ain't far from us, So it's one of those games I should be pinpointing. Um, but it, there's a there's a whole load of different narratives potentially there on on Saturday. I mean, you know, Chris, you made the point that Northampton are on a good run, and they are. Um, but they won at Charlton right in the last minute on Tuesday who are on a goddamn heinous run. They really are struggling at the moment. So it does make me think that Northampton they're not quite Brazil 1970. you know I, I, th- I think there's certainly plenty of reason to think that you know let's go and let's go and see what happens. And of course, all the points about you know if, if you've got anything about you and you're a football player, you would want to do something to show the new manager that you're worth persevering with, right? So you'd think it's an opportunity. And footballers, you know, they're, they're human. They're going to want to go out there and say, right, well, i tell you what, I can do it. Um, I'd also hope, and this links into a couple of the points made before, that I was trying to think, well, well, what we've always said that, you know, the, the problem is we're not quite sure how to put the problems right. But we have got players who, who have got a bit more ability than they've shown this season. People like Baylis. Bayliss is a good footballer. I'm afraid you wouldn't necessarily have known that by looking at him this year, but he may be just the type of character who develops ginger hair and looks like Nolan. You know, that type of character, he's got something about him that we are not seeing at the moment. And it's Hurst's job to try and get more out of those guys uh, rather than to suddenly turn Kenner into Declan Rice because that's not happening, right? So I- I'm interested to know, to know if-, if Hurst can do that. And I've got a degree of optimism that he can. Last point, the really big game is a week on Saturday. Right, it's Cambridge. Right, it's a team at home who I would expect us to 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 really you know put under pressure with Taylor in charge. Um, But with Hurst in charge, we 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 got to make a statement against Cambridge. And I'm not saying we have to win clearly because there are no must win games when it's your first own game. But that's the one I'm thinking. Right, okay, you've had ten days. What are we at? Where where are we at? What are we like? So, yep, and maybe some new
0: signings then as well, Dan. Um, Well, if we haven't, then we're we're stuck with what we've got. Yeah, yep. but coming home as well should be quite exciting. There was a question and which you kind of alluded to while you kind of touched on there. Um, and you went for Bayless in terms of and there's a question from Mark on Twitter and he said, which of our players do you think will flourish um under the new manager? He just did have the second part, but I'll just do the positive part. So you said um Bayliss and Mike, who who do you think Mike um who you think was going to improve under Paul Hurst?
1: I think Winchester, much like Dan, you know, previous season, brilliant player. Played in the middle of the park, kept control of the ball, kept us ticking over. This season looks like an absolute shadow, farmed out to fall back. You know, it, it's not worked for him. But I think there's a very, very good footballer in there. And one of the things that Paul Hurst had and did well is having very, very good central midfielders in his squad. You think about Abu Gogo. You think about John Nolan, uh, Godfrey. You know, those players were excellent. A big part of what we did. And I think, um, I think Winnie, yeah, he, he's the kind of person I can see playing well under Hurst because you know we'll play a bit more football and get the best out of him.
2: And the to thing about those two is Abu Gogo went elsewhere and went downhill fast, right? But under Hurst at Shrewsbury, they were brilliant. John Nolan, we, you know where he's playing now, right? Max Filtain. right? So, I mean, I'm not dissing John Nolan he was, because he was fantastic for us. But the good thing is Hurst ticked the box with them and he got the best out of them in their career, I, I would argue. Um, and that's why I think Winch is a great example. Bayless, opportunities, guys. You've got to grasp this because it, it is a good one for you because you they can play... And hopefully Hurst
3: empowers him to do so. Another one that Hurst got the most out of, Dan, was Stephen Payne, who was a striker who looked good for us, scored goals and looked powerful. And yet he went elsewhere in his career and didn't Fought deliver. Fought everybody, right? didn't he? Yeah, he got didn't a reputation he? for being lazy and difficult, didn't he? But under Paul Hurst, he delivered. And that makes me wonder what Paul Hurst can do for Dan Udo as well, who's a player who doesn't have attitude problems, but hasn't maybe found the quality this year that we've seen in the past. He's coming back from injury, of course, but I think there's more to come from him and I'm hoping that Paul Hurst can unlock that as well. So he's another one I'm excited to see under this manager. And I don't think his injury is that severe. I don't think he's that far away
2: didn't Payne lamp somebody in his own team at Grimsby on the pitch it's quite an entertaining end to his career it was it was a right mess google that one folks it's um, yeah it's not not an edifying end of Stefan Payne's tale sorry Mike
1: no as I say while we're on this sort of um you know look back in fond mem- memory of all these uh you know brilliant players we had under the Hurst spell last time it's got me thinking in this transfer window if Paul Hurst could sign one sort of um sort of clone not necessarily the same player we're not going to sign John Nolan but you know one player to play like one player did under his last spell you know that sort of somebody you could drop in the current team and, and make a big difference who would it be you know I, for me personally and talking about a minute ago it would be a go-go a central midfield destroyer who can break things up make us hard to play against keep control of the ball and release the pressure on others to play a bit but I mean who would you know a, a sort of substitute person you know Ollie, what, what do you reckon who would you like to see dropped in there
0: Tyler Roberts, a striker, attacking midfielder, someone that can link the play. Someone I think like Boland Shipley would I think would play on. If I was going to say my player, I think would who will improve. I think Shipley. He likes to. Um, Paul Hurst really likes to get the ball wide. Um, I think so. I think Shipley will benefit from Paul Hurst coming in. Um, but yeah, if I could pick one player, which I think would have a huge impact on this team, um, another one would be like. Oh, oh I'll just say my one. i Tyler Roberts.
3: See, interestingly, Mike's pick in Abu Ogogo, that's not. that wasn't actually a Hearst player, was it? That was a player he inherited from from his predecessors, wasn't it? So that, that's an interesting one in itself in that he made him better. But yeah, it's a good question, Mike. For me, it would probably be one of the wide players because I, I I really think that's something that this team lacks. And under uh, under Hearst's first time round, we obviously had Wally at his very best. And we had Alex Rodman on the other side, who was a, a signing who we... He, who was an underwhelming signing or felt like an underwhelming signing this journeyman guy who was about 29 30 at the time and never been particularly great never had done much above league 2 and yet in our team he suddenly looked like a real quality wide man whipping balls into the box scoring goals and again it was just great to see so somebody in that mold is what I'm hoping and I'm hoping we can get that pretty quickly because well that's what something I think we're lacking severely right now
2: can I cheat in the answer because it's not someone from the from the um, Hurst era, but it's somebody who, who was mentioned on Twitter earlier today and that's someone like Nathaniel Ogbetter. He wants to go forward. He don't want to defend. You know, you know, he ain't, he ain't up for that at all. And a, a wing, a proper, wing back would really help us on, on all sorts of levels. And, um, I see better's on the bench tonight for Swansea against Bournemouth. So he's finally getting a bit of a, you know, he's, he's, he's getting the kit on, but at the same time, I mean, I, I can't imagine he's, he's magnificently happy down there. So maybe that's one to, to, to perhaps investigate. I should add as well, I've had a look. I, I did Stefan Payne the serves. He didn't punch somebody at Grimsby. Well, <laughs> he, he had buttered them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, no, I think it's fair to say we're, we're all pretty excited um, and kind of maybe to close off the podcast. So we talk a little bit about our expectations. I'll go quickly. Um, I'd expect that we're, we, you know, it will be steady improvement. I expect that, you know, it can't be hard to make improvements in this team, let's be honest. And we, I think we all agree there's more to this team than we've seen. So I think we'll just boringly coast away, have some nice wins and we'll finish mid-table.
1: Snap your hand off for that, mate. Absolutely snap your hand off for that. I think, I think, you know, we we mustn't get too blue and amber tinted. Paul Hurst teams, you know, they were resolute. They were energetic. They were physical. They were direct. They were, you know, they were effective. They didn't play amazing football. And I don't expect us to become uh, a team that dominates possession all of a sudden or a team that becomes, you know, you pass people to death but I don't mind that because I want to see a, a, a an effective, resolute, and, and you know committed team, and that's what I think Paul Hurst will do. That to, that's his DNA, isn't it? And like you say, I think he's taken over a team now that's in a better position than the one he took over his first spell. Um, and we're not a million miles off of getting safe. I think you know quality-wise, maybe, but league position-wise, we're, we're better off. Um, so you know, it's it's just about getting those final results to get over the line. Give him a summer. And um, and and sort of go again next season. But I did say to somebody today, I think even if we got relegated this season, I don't think you could probably hang it on Hurst, and I'd i I'd, I'd be happy to see him manage us again next season. You know, even even if the worst happened, went to League Two, I think he's the guy for for uh, for the immediate future in the next few seasons. You know, um, so let's all not lose our hair if you win, if you lose the first three or four. He's got a big job on his hands to turn this tank around. So um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm similar logic to that. I mean, I love the way it just breezes into mid-table, at So crikey, yeah, I, I would love that. But I mean, Matt Morris, a good friend of mine, season ticket holder, fellow cricket aficionado. He, first thing he said to me was "Operation Twenty Points." If you give me 20 points, I don't care what happens. Just 20 points. To be honest with you, it could even be less than 20. But let's let's go with Operation 20 points. And I suspect that's what Hearst is looking for. And I'm way more interested in 2016-17. I'm not even thinking about 2017-18, really. It, it, it's about 16-17 and survival. And if we do it, then it's job done by Hearst this time around.
3: Yeah, I think that we, we, he's got to reverse the momentum because obviously we've lost six of our last seven in the league and there's other teams down the bottom showing signs of life at the minute. You know, obviously Cheltenham have suddenly become a decent football team and they're winning football matches. Reading have started picking up a few results. Uh, Exeter won at Bristol Rovers on Tuesday and suddenly so that, you know, if they, if they start picking up results as well, I don't think we can rely on others being rubbish to keep us up. We're going to have to do it for ourselves because I, I don't think it's by any means an easy task. And it looks to me at the moment... If if those teams carry on like they're doing like it is going to take closer to 50 this year you know in, in recent seasons it has been quite a low number as low as 40 a couple of seasons ago but i think this year that won't cut it so yeah i think uh it's not an easy task and i agree with mike you know if the worst were to happen as long as we're seeing signs that we're improving i i'd be very very disappointed but i wouldn't want to panic chuck him out and start again because he's got to turn around what's a big mess but i I do think I do think we've probably got enough in that dressing room to do that, and I expect us to stay up. But I don't, you know, mid-table. It depends what you define mid-table. I don't see us in you know twelfth place again this season. If you can get us finishing sixteenth, seventeenth, I'd snap your hand off for that right now. I don't know if that counts as mid-table in your eyes, Ollie.
0: I think twelfth, and I think the the fact that the league table's so close, I don't think it's it's not it's not impossible.
3: I don't say it's impossible. I just uh, My prediction, I wouldn't go that high right now. I hope you're right. I hope it is. I'll be delighted with that, obviously.
1: And as we're
2: finishing 17th, don't we? You know we are. Yeah. Always.
3: <laughs> but It's interesting what you say, Chris,
1: about the teams below us turning it around, getting a bit of momentum. It shows it's possible. It shows that with, with a new idea and a little bit of new energy and enthusiasm. You know, I, I think that the teams that you mentioned, they've not made wholesale sign-ins and mega changes. It just like you say, turn that momentum around. Get the players to believe because we look mentally fragile in games at the moment we go one down and they know they they don't believe we can score and they didn't believe that taylor could change anything to make us more effective you know but hopefully hurstie can can really get the energy going in 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 the dressing room and make them believe we've got to believe this weekend that's what we we, yes we can you know let's hop back to barack obama yes we can survive relegation yeah (laughs) it's not that inspiring is it (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah,
2: leave yeah. it to Barack, Mike, but the sentiments, I'm with you all away. I
0: think that's a perfect place to end the podcast. Um, thanks, guys, for joining me. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. And um, well, fingers crossed, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, lamenting how amazing Paul Hurst is, not moaning, not whinging about lack of goals or anything like that. So, yeah, fingers crossed, it all goes well. And then um, we'll be back again soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers, fellas.
3: Cheers, all.